I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about It's Your Country, Save the Children, Schools Propagandize Kids and Fake Out Parents, Truckers, Government is the Fringe Minority, Reality Therapy, the UPenn Swimmer and the California Sex Offender, and Fraudulent Military Ballots. Yes, I'm going to get that in in one hour. Thanks for tuning in to America Can We Talk. We'll be right back. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello again to America Can We Talk. Welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to our first five. So I called this segment, It's Your Country. And the reason I called it that is there's so much going on in the world where you see people in the streets protesting. We're going to talk later, a little later about the truckers in Canada. But this idea about your country is really profoundly fundamental in all the thinking related to the current challenges uh, relating to COVID vaccine mandates, a whole bunch of other issues. So I wanted to tell you about, I have a friend, Rebecca Friedrich. She's joined me on the show many times. She's spoken at one or more of my summits uh, and she's a just a dynamo and she has started uh, an organization where she's basically trying to help parents understand how to navigate their way through schools the school system and uh, trying to stand up for their kids and quality schools she has a new video coming out a documentary it'll be available uh, all over the country on march 14th she has a quick teaser i took like the first 30 seconds of it the name of the thing is they're your kids and i want to ask mr becker to play that video now Public education has gone off the rails. Once you get into this idea that it's really the government's job to educate children, uh, you end up in a very, very dangerous place, and I don't see anything good coming out of that. When we look at this radical agenda, the way our children are being exploited and the way parents are getting shut out, it comes down to one fundamental question. Whose children are they? Whose children are they? Whose children are they? that one uh, woman talking there is Rebecca Friedrichs, the blonde, whose children are they? And what I really love what she's doing is she's trying to just change the mindset, a little bit of a shift of the whole paradigm of how parents and the public think about schools and teachers and what their children are taught. Because we have over the decades in America, unfortunately, kind of drifted into this mode that says, well, you know, I send my kids to public school. I'm sure they're doing fine there. They're probably learning the same things I learned and they haven't been paying attention. And then when they are starting to pay attention, they become concerned about what kids are taught in public schools, critical race theory, um, the mask mandates, uh, just all sorts of you know identity politics and you know name your gender kind of thing. The parents are frustrated. And really where we are right now in America is it's a battleground between the parents were trying to stand up and many people within school administrations, teachers unions, in the media, in public life, in elected officials who really have bought into the whole notion, their message back to parents is kind of, it's none of your business. It's none of your business. We teach kids, you be the mom, you do your mom thing, your dad thing, we are in charge of education. And what Rebecca's trying to do through her, her speaking and her writing and her books and her now documentary film is to remind parents, they are your children. They are yours. They actually, you are the ones primarily responsible and with a primary right to decide what they are taught. And she's encouraging that mind, that shift of thought, that shift of paradigm. Well, the same thing is true of many things in politics in America and around the world. And it's a beautiful thing to watch in this world right now. There is a rising freedom movement. I do, and great part of course, are the Canadian truckers who are kind of showing the world how it's done, but they are standing up against what the Canadian government has said to them. If they are truck drivers who have left uh, Canada and come back and they're subject to a new mandate, which was get a vaccine or quarantine yourself. We're gonna talk much about that later, um, but I really wanna um, wrap up the first five by saying, 
there's a great um, spirit about these movements that what Rebecca Friedrichs is doing in, in her video uh, and the, this movement of the truckers and this idea of reclaiming individual freedom the foundational concept upon which America was founded you know the 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 world's smallest minority the individual and part of America's founding was to recognize that individuals each and every one of us has a right to life liberty and our living out our version of happiness we actually have those rights inherently from God and America was founded around those ideas the whole concept of America was to make that like the official rule the foundational principle the primary idea of America is you have the right to live in freedom and we have had a creeping uh, growth of power in the federal government on many issues over the decades but right now it's crystallizing for many people across the country and around the world is the idea that the ruling class doesn't really buy into that anymore they actually don't think you have the right to think of yourself as an individual someone with rights from god someone who has rights to freedom and so this freedom movement that's just rising up honestly it, it uh, warms my heart because i have as you if you listen to my show very often you know uh, you know my background is in law uh, and i love the constitution and i love the declaration of independence and I love the, the founding ideas of America. They are still today the most extraordinary ideas upon which any nation was founded. And they are the ideas that can only remain intact and in power if every individual gets a hold of that idea again. It's our country. One last thing in this first five, the music that opens my show is by an, an music, a musical artist, Krista Branch. She actually sings and her husband writes the lyrics and the music. And one of the refrains in the music that we play in my intro, and I think it's at the close of the show too, is I am America. That's the name of the song. It's the, it's the um, refrain of the song is I am America. That just couldn't be a more important concept to embrace, to just take in your heart and recognize America is all of us, but America is not defined by the government. It is not controlled by the government. You have to think of yourselves as America, of each of us, each of us as citizens. We are America. We define our path. We define our future. And there are plenty of people who love power, who love control, will be happy to take that freedom away from you if we're not alert and watching. So that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. So I, I called this next segment, Save the Children, Schools, Propagandize Kids and Fake Out Parents. I have to tell you, I, I kind of cringe on, on doing this little segment. And I cringe because <clears throat> the two schools I was going, I'm going to mention, it's not really that they're the only ones that are problematic, is that they're the ones that have kind of made the headlines recently. And they're both right here in Dallas. And they've been written up in uh, Federalist, which is a, um, you know, a, a wonderful uh, and national, you know, a, a just wonderful news source of great writers and great thinkers. And uh, what they're talking about there, they, they happen to have articles uh, both in the last week about two uh, Dallas area private schools. And I actually know both of these schools very, very well. I know kids who went there. I know parents who love those schools. I know teachers who taught there. And what is happening in these schools is really important to preserving America. And the reason I say that is, you know, I talk on this show, uh, you know, I don't even know how long it's been, for over a year or two years, you know, the fundamental ideas I talk about in the show are protecting the border security and uh, election fraud, and making sure we have fair elections and COVID policy and retaining individual freedom and being aware of, conscious of the, the growing Marxism in this country and how the left has embraced cultural Marxism or just Marxism, the, there's no longer a Democrat party in this country. The uh, left-hand side of the aisle is, uh, they are socialists. Their policies, what they're advocating for America are flat out socialists. And that's where we are. We're, we're watching the Marxist slow creeping takeover of America. And so the big issues I talk about, the border and COVID policy and election integrity and freedom of speech, these all are vital. But this topic today, we're gonna to talk about this topic of what's happening in the schools 
is equally important to preserving America because these kids going through the schools we're going to talk about here are going to be America's future leaders. And the two schools I'm going to mention here, they both happen to be private schools here in Dallas, and they're Episcopal schools, meaning they're Christian schools. They are rooted, or at least at their inception, were rooted in biblical principles. And so this is not like the public schools that parents kind of have to fight, and the public schools say, hey, you know, we, we're the teachers, and we're the union and we're the administration and you know you have no say. These are private schools where parents, number one, have to apply to get their kids in and number two, pay a small fortune every year for the privilege of having their children taught at these schools. And I, why I'm talking about this is just as the way anti-American radical Marxist leftism has slithered its snaky way into America's military, into the Democrat Party, into policies on every subject imaginable from COVID policy and whether or not you have the right to, to control of your own body or whether the government controls you. Anti-American, Marxist, socialism, uh, you know, j just the most anti-American ideology possible that has slithered its way into so many institutions in this country and into our government itself has also slithered its way into the public schools and even the private schools. And the private schools respond to all the same pressures the public school does with critical race theory and you have groups demanding that, that critical race theory be taught and groups demanding all sorts of woke ideology being taught. And in the private schools, though they are not immune from that pressure. You might think, well, these are just private schools are kind of outside of all that pressure, but they're not at all outside of it. They are the subject to the same cultural pressures that public schools are. And in addition to that, there is the left-wing, relentless, endless, unending, obnoxious tactic of introducing what they want to have taught or believed, their woke ideology on a whole range of subjects, and they introduce it in terms that are kind of friendly and inclusive, and how could you not be, how could you be against you know, inclusion? How could you be against you know, equality and equity? And they don't distinguish between them. And how could you be against uh, you know, uh, discussing racism? And, and, and so schools feel like they're supposed to, oh, well, of course I understand, I wanna talk about that. But then what these left-wing uh, mob, the, the left-wing, uh, you know, it's just hard to think of words to describe the way the anti-American left works. It's a mob mentality. They push what they want, but they also simultaneously, with introducing what they want in friendly terms, are also introducing a threat to every situation. You better go along with us because you don't want to be labeled by us a racist, a xenophobe, a homophobe, a hater, something. So you're going to go along and you're going to teach ideology the way we're telling you're going to teach it. And even this has come now to these um, private schools. And I, I do, I, I cringe at having this conversation with you, my listeners, but I want, I really want to plant this seed. This stuff, if unchecked, if not challenged by parents, by administrators, by donors, by the, you know, they always have an organization within these private schools that is seeking uh, support from past graduates and from parents. And, you know, even though they paid a fortune for the annual tuition, they want more money. So there's just that, you know, it, it's, there are many opportunities for people who see the danger of what's happening in these schools to speak up. But just like the schools get pressured by the left, they hear very little from conservative parents. Only recently in the public schools have these school boards started to hear from parents saying, we don't want you teaching critical race theory. We don't want mask mandates. We don't want social distancing. We don't want you telling our kids that there are 53 genders and you can prove your own. You can choose your own. That kind of conversation is happening at, at school boards for the public schools finally. But in the private schools, there are avenues for input by the parents. It's a harder uh, task and it's a different task because there isn't a school board to go to. And, and you know, the school's answer can be, well, if you don't like what we teach here, you, you, you know, your kid doesn't have to come here. But there needs to be pressure from the, the you know, and I don't even want to call it conservative, it's just mainstream people rooted and grounded in reality, rooted and grounded in facts, who will stand up and speak up to these schools and say, we don't want our kids taught this stuff. And you, the school, 
you know, especially Christian schools, you shouldn't be teaching this stuff. You shouldn't want to teach this stuff. Stop bowing to the woke ideology of the left and protect our children. There needs to be more active messaging from parents, from donors to the school and, and saying to the school, the teachers, the administrators, we don't want this happening to our, in our school, to our kids. So I say all that because this can seem like a, like a one-off story or kind of a, oh, some local school in Dallas or a couple of local schools in Dallas. I can guarantee you this is happening in elite private schools all around this country. We all hear more about the public schools because there are more of them, more students. Their, their whole presence is more public. They have public school board meetings. They have a public structure with a superintendent and an independent school district board. They have all of that. And the private schools, smaller and a few of them, but it's all the same thing happening. It is the left that has been targeting these schools, pushing their woke agenda, woke ideology on issue after issue after issue. And because the schools hear from those people with a combination of friendly sounding agenda, but also the subtle threat, you're going to go along and teach and think what we think, because otherwise you're going to be attacked by us and you're not going to like being attacked by us. So the schools go along with the anti-American woke left. So now it's time for parents to speak up in the private school sector as they have in the public school. So the first one is, and again, I will tell you, I know parents, I know kids who went to these schools. I, I know parents at these schools. One is called Parish Episcopal and it's right here in Dallas. And it is these, these two articles from which I'm, I'm speaking I actually knew about the problems at both of these schools because I have friends who are activists in this area, but to get written up in the Federalist, which is a national uh, website, a, a national source of news, um, the problems are pretty severe. So it, at the school, uh, Parish Episcopal, number one, they started after school racially segregated clubs. So literally after school, they had an announcement that came out you know, for the school year uh, talking about, for, this is to the ninth through 12th graders, they call them affinity groups, affinity, A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y. Now that's a word often can mean what you like, like maybe you know, a photographer's uh, you know, club could be an affinity group. But these affinity groups are all entirely around race. And they're basically saying they're having affinity groups the first year um, of this year, uh, third, blah, 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 they give the date when they're gonna meet and all that. And they talk about the purpose of affinity groups is to allow students to gather who have a shared identifier and a shared identifier, race, gender, sexual orientation, or culture. We ask, we only ask that you respect that if you do not identify as the members of that group, please do not attend that group's meeting. So they're basically saying, so, and here are the affinity groups they have. African-American hyphen black, DESI, D-E-S-I, which is referring to South Asian. They have one called Jew Crew, which is for Jewish students. Latinx slash Hispanic is another one, uh, the LGBTQ plus and the white allies for racial equity. So those are their affinity groups They're groups after school. And I wanted to say why this is so insidious. I understand that people, especially minorities may feel like they'd like to kind of get together and talk about how they see the world and how they may think that some things are discriminatory or undesirable. But the entire agenda of cultural Marxism, the entire agenda of the critical race theory crowd, the entire agenda of Marxism is to divide people. It is never to build bridges of understanding. It is never to help people understand each other better. It is never to create connection. It is intended to divide, just like traditional Marxism was intended to divide the bourgeoisie and the working class, I mean, and the, just the, the proletariat and the bourgeoisie, the whole idea was, pit them against each other. That was the reason Marx divided society like that, was to encourage them to pit, to pit society members, put them into groups, divide them, and then pit them against each other. And then Marx comes along, of course, and the great Marxist, the great leftist, will you know, solve the problem of the aggrieved. Critical race theory is exactly the same thing. It is done for the same purpose. And among the many evil outcomes of this, of this identify yourself as, ra as your race above all else is that it continues to rob the culture of being an American. It is a direct attack on the culture of being American. America, the most precious, extraordinary gift of human liberty ever to bless this earth, 
where the fabulous ideas of our Declaration, our Constitution, is utterly contrary, you know, bonding around those ideas, defending America, is utterly contrary to the idea of bonding around the idea of your skin color, which no one since time began on planet Earth ever chose. So this is one thing this school is doing. Um, and then they also had, um, I mean, this article, I could run through the, all the examples they have. This school, this parish Episcopal school, which is still very hard to get into, very, very expensive. Lots of parents vie to get their kids into this school because they think it's a good launch to go off to college. But at the end of the day, your kids are put, if you believe these ideas as laid out in this article, they're put in a cesspool of ideology. It's an ideological cesspool in which all you're doing is being told, forget about the greatness of America. In fact, one thing I'll tell you about here is just mind-blowing on that subject. So they have, by the way, the Episcopal, the, um, Parish Episcopal School assistant head sent out a letter uh, warning people on the upcoming uh, Hawaiian-themed school spirit day uh, not to put anything on that might uh, offend people um, and does not align with our commitment of creating a culture of belonging. So he warns against you know, clothing on Hawaiian Day that might be insensitive to Native Hawaiians. Why do you have Hawaiian Day if you can't dress in the clothes of Native Hawaiians? I don't know. They also had an indoctrination seminar required. A student's indoctrination seminar featured lessons including LGBTQ 101 pronouns and why they matter. So the whole pronoun thing, again, understand the mindset of the anti-American left whose agenda is to destroy America loves to divide people and and pit them against each other, this LGBTQ thing, uh, and, and spending time discussing on pronouns and why they matter, a whole other section on healthy masculinity. Of course, ma masculinity is not actually healthy. Um, at the same time, this school who is saying, who is all bent out of shape about what you might wear to Hawaiian dress up day, actually has a teacher who's apparently gotten in no trouble at all for saying the following things. This teacher's named Janaya Hoover. She actually is a social studies teacher and she holds other positions of authority in the school surrounding their thinking related to social studies and history and, okay, but I'm telling you what she wrote. She actually put in a post, in a public social media post, F the police, only she didn't say F, she said the word F the police, um, if you believe the police are good, because you know a good one, F you too. She also went on to attack white people. Teachers said she publicly expressed anti-white bias and said, um, she said, even well-meaning white people are complicit in racism and white supremacy. So again, the critical race theory ideology, you can never, if you're born with white skin, you can never be, ex escape your categorization as a repressor. Never, never. It doesn't matter how nice you are, what you've done, you can never escape. Her words, again, this teacher, Janiah Hoover, uh, she wrote, even well-meaning white people are complicit in racism and white supremacy. I was wary when I saw white people hosting like some event she went to wear it because white people hosted it, even though some of the speakers are black. I mean, she goes on and on and on. She's actually developing curriculum um, as a subject matter coordinator. How, how well is that going to go for them? Uh, but other things happening at, at this uh, parish Episcopal school. Um, and, and the literature, by the way, this lady uses, Janiah Hoover, is a straight out anti-American, openly Marxist, and she cites them as her sources for developing the curriculum at this school. And they also had other far-left organizations uh, involved in their thinking on all these topics. Two other things to tell you very quickly. One student in the school, when you're a senior, you get to have a senior statement, like you get to say, you, know, you select a statement uh, that, you, that you, you believe in for some reason. So one uh, student picked a statement by uh, Theodore Roosevelt, you know, prominent American history. The statement was, in this country, we have no place for hyphenated Americans which is a beautiful affirmation of the idea that America, the idea, is a higher idea embracing every single person of every race, ethnicity, national origin, and skin color. That's what America is. That's what he's saying. And the school first approved it, but later, actually, when they thought about it and they realized they're going to get some blowback from uh, students who think they get to tell the school what to do, uh, they actually turned on this student, issuing a letter of condemnation signed by the school head whose name is Monaco, who, by the way, Monaco, uh, this school head, Mr. Monaco, also sent out a letter last year around July 4th 
saying how it used to be his favorite holiday and he loves celebrating the ideas of America. But this year, you know, the more he thinks about it, he's embarrassed that about July 4th, embarrassed about celebrating it because of, you know, all the evils America really is. I'm telling you people, this school and the other school I'll only mention very, very briefly uh, is called Episcopal School of Dallas, also a Dallas area, very prominent, very, uh, I mean, a, a wonderful school. Used to be a wonderful school, uh, you know, biblically based and teaching a lot of students at a very high tuition rate um, and, and excellent academic reputation, told parents that there's no critical race theory being taught and then come to find out uh, that uh, there was a, a bunch of information that came out telling people that actually many, many teachers weave critical race theory into all sorts of things and proudly and unapologetically. And apparently the school administrators, including the Episcopal priests involved in the school, think that is just dandy. And I raise all these points to say that if you want to save America, it's great to get out and vote. It's great to work for candidates, great to speak up. But what is happening in our schools is a is an astounding and dangerous shaper of America's next generation. For our radio listeners, I'll tell you, we have 30 seconds left before you go to break at the bottom of the hour. I want to be sure you know you're listening to Debbie Georgiatis. My show is America Can We Talk. Our website is americacanwetalk.org. Go to the website, you'll hear, and, and actually come back after three minutes. We have a whole other half an hour to go on the show, and we'll be t- talking more truth about America, about the truckers, about a bunch of other issues. I want to thank you for listening on radio. Come back again right after your three-minute break at the bottom of the hour. So for our special happy people here, um, and the, uh, those of you listening online, uh, I want to talk about the truckers in, um, in Canada. And I got to tell you, this trucker thing is just... I mean, it is a breath of fresh air for for many, many, many people. It's a breath of fresh air um, about the um, situation uh, in which many, many people in Canada and America, they're not necessarily protesting the vaccines. They're protesting the fact that the vaccines are being mandated, that they're losing their freedom because the government is thinking they get to decide and they get to mandate to you whether or not you get your vaccine. And if you don't get it, you don't have your freedom anymore. So there's a great clip, some guy in Canada, this is a clip I sent you, Mr. Becker, uh, by email. If you can get that guy up. It's a Hi, my name is Gurtek Singh. I'm from London, Ontario, and I'm here for my freedom and my rights. I love my freedom and my liberty as much as everybody does. And I hate a government telling me what to do with force. That's all I'm here for. It's about choice. It's not about vaccine. And we are all together. We are all Canadians. We are all truckers. Go ahead, truckers. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, I gotta love that guy because, I mean, there are a bunch of videos that, that have been made. Because part, I'll tell you one quick thing that's happening. One response from the government to this ongoing truckers, um, you know, uh, march in, in, uh, or truckers convoy. And now the truckers are all up in Ottawa, which is the capital of Canada. And they are, you know, they're, they're just standing strong saying they, they are going to stay there until the government drops all COVID mandates. They first are trying to say, just, you know, take away the mandate that applies to truckers, which was if you left the country, you have to either get the vaccine or quarantine for two weeks. And, they're, and now they're just saying, no, end all COVID mandates. This is the mother of all issues in which the government and the ruling class elites are completely out of touch with the people, completely out of touch with how the people perceive this issue. It's a paradigm shift that needs to happen in the minds and hearts of the government as they recognize what people are trying to say. There was another clip, Ziggy, I sent you. This is a woman uh, who is also being interviewed in Canada. How many people, how many people support today's truckers? How many people are involved in Canada against all this tyranny, against Mr. Trudeau? Are you going to be telling this or are you going to be saying it's 20 or 30 people? How many people are here? Thousands. On every bridge, we came from Innisfil, there is a dance. There is a thousands of people who support and who are against and actually we're staying without the mask. As you, you're enjoying staying without the mask? Well, I'm outdoors, so this is fine outdoors where okay, we are. Okay, indoor, you still believe in all this? Yeah, we believe in following the law, but I'm asking you about Following the law and false science and false official. You know what's going you on, guys. You know what's going on. Why are you making? Why are you lying? Why are you openly lying? Why? Why are you supporting official narratives? 
How many people look? It's real Canadians who supporting real Canadians. I immigrant. I came here 25 years ago. I don't like Canada. What's happening? Inofficial. But this is real Canada. This is real Canadians. I do love them. Look at this hero, truckers. Support. They fighting for us. For you, for me, for him, for everybody. What are they fighting for? For freedom. This is not a freedom. What do you mean how, by freedom? How it's possible that Trudeau and all this government mandate to do vaccine or something like this? Since when government forced to make a medical procedure? When? Since when? Do the doctor? Did she did this vaccine? I was recently, because my mom, 81 years old, she didn't speak any English. They won't let me to go to the hospital. They put me in a handcuff because I was upset. Are you think it's a, it's a normal Canada? It's a freedom, for Christ's sake. We don't have freedom what's all. Do you know what that freedom does it mean? Okay. I don't you understand. Know what? I want, yeah, she, she goes on and on. What I love about that is this whole truckers protest in Canada, this is the quintessential, the people standing up, the people saying, we're not going to let you continue to mandate our lives. Canada, you're know, not supposed to be a communist country, although they, they've gotten pretty far left. They're down the socialist path more than America is. But Canada is supposed to be a free country. Canada is filled with people who are, you know, uh, trying to comply and want to live their lives. And they've just gotten fed up, fed up with the government. One government official made this statement. I know I was alluding to it earlier. One government official made this statement. 90% of the truckers are vaccinated. 90% of these people. So what are they doing here protesting? What is their problem? And the answer is, as that first uh, little, the gentleman who spoke, played his clip, he's saying, it's about freedom. It's about opposing mandates. It's not because we think that, you know, we the people are better vaccine makers we make our own decisions. And if, if it's true, which I, I, I actually am at the point, I don't believe the government's numbers on much of anything, and certainly not about what percentage of people are, are vaccinated in America or Canada. I don't, I don't think they know that. And I don't think they, I just don't think they know it. But even if it were accurate, that 90% of the truckers are vaccinated, that should make the government realize, if you're thinking at all, you'd realize, well, then they're not here really protesting the vaccines. They're protesting tyranny. They're protesting the mandate. They're protesting the power of the government to say, you know, you don't get to do your job. You got to go home without pay and sit there for two weeks because you didn't do what we told you to do. And that is a kind of tyranny, tyrannical thinking that is happening in Canada and in America and in some portions of our federal government and state governments and around the world. This is just a, a glorious time. I'm, I'm truly, obviously, very enthused. It's a glorious time for freedom lovers to speak up and say, you know what? It's one thing, government, for you to tell us about the disease, give public information, tell us what you know, what you think is the, the wise um, you know, course to take. Although in America, you know, very, very, very problematic how our government chose to continue to mislead Americans and tell them don't rely on ivermectin and don't rely on hydroxychloroquine and don't you think about inhaled budesonide. The government here was all happy, you know, just to say everybody stay home and only do the vaccine. So as long as the government, though, would be honest and transparent and give public information, fine. But the notion that the government has the right to take away your freedom is something that is finally kindling in the minds and hearts of millions of Americans and Canadians. And frankly, this truckers protest in Canada is spreading around the world. I mean, there are protests in European countries, protests in America, people finding it's a vehicle. It's just it's a double entendre, but it's a vehicle. It's a method that people can say, how can we get the government's attention? How can we make them listen to us? How can we make them listen to us? And so truckers have found a way. One thing the truckers are doing right now, um, they actually have uh, barricaded the border uh, between um, Alberta um, and in America's Montana. So at the border where the truckers, where people would normally cross over the border from America into Canada, they have blockaded the border. And they actually had a kind of a meeting among the uh, protesting truckers 
trying to decide what to do. Canada's trying to, to crack down on it. They sent in the uh, Royal Mounted Police uh, uh, to this uh, protest area. They're demanding the truckers uh, open the roads. Truckers are saying no. Uh, they're, they're having a dispute about you know one road open for emergencies, which you do, of course, want to have a road in case someone need an ambulance or something. But basically, the truckers are saying, we're not going to just you know protest and you're just going to ignore us. I mean, Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, I, I told you guys yesterday, in fact, I don't know if I sent it to you or not, Ziggy, I think I forgot to send it to you. But anyway, there was a series of tweets um, that Trudeau, that was quoting what Trudeau said. Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, who scurries his way, he's out of Ottawa, hiding out in some undisclosed location, uh, and, you know, like a coward. And um, he's, you know, issuing statements and insulting the protesters and calling them racist. And they're just saying, you know, you're not going to treat us this way. We're adults. We're actually equals. We are the people. And we're telling you, we don't want mandates anymore and you need to drop them. And Justin Trudeau, as, as all liberals do, when they can't come up with a responsible answer, they cannot intelligently respond to the protest or the argument being made, they resort to what leftists around the world always do, which is to call the people challenging their policies racist. It's what the American liberals do. It's what the Canadian liberals do. And not even liberals, they're leftists. They're, they're anti-freedom leftists. So right now they're at the point. So the Alberta um, province of Canada, butting up against the northern state of America, Montana, the borders shut off. And the um, premier of that area of, of Alberta, that province named Jason Kenney, Jason Kenney, he's been sending messages. You, know, you really need to let the roads open up. And they're saying, I don't think so. Uh, and so he actually, um, it, it was an interesting thing because he's trying, this guy premiered the Jason Kennedy, Jason Kenney, K-N-N-E-Y, premier of Alberta, is trying to make a big deal. You, know, you can't let these truckers shut down the government. You cannot let them shut. They cannot think they can shut down the government. But again, this is how serious this battle over freedom is because Canada had among the most repressive, repressive lockdowns based on COVID. So Jason Kenney and Justin Trudeau and all these leaders in Canada are saying is, we can take away your people's freedom. We can shut you down. We can tell you you're gonna stay home until you get a vaccine that you don't wanna take. And we can do all that to you, but you can't, they're outraged and just and, and, and angry and, and asking for sympathy and putting out statements and requesting sympathy and support because the truckers, which is the people, are saying, no, actually, you're done shutting us down. And yeah, actually, we're shutting you down for a while. I mean, it's a way the message is getting through. It is, unfortunately, at a real, um, you know, it's a confrontation point because at this point, I don't think the truckers, in fact, there was a new estimate out about the truckers have received so many donations to the GoFundMe um, effort to raise money because right now they're literally stuck in their trucks. They have to, I mean, they have to find, locate places to be able to uh, use a restroom, take a shower, get some food brought to them. Um, so people have been donating money. They've now estimated they have enough money from GoFundMe to stay in place in this trucker's freedom convoy for four years. Now, I don't think they want to hang out for four years, but I do think what this I mean, this is impossible to overstate how much um, energy and, and, and just infusion of a sense of optimism and, and hope this truckers freedom convoy is, is sending around the world. People just saying, wow, someone found a way to stand up against what we can all see is government tyranny, especially when you recognize under COVID policy, we're now, you know, we're, we're, we're coming up on when on the two year anniversary when they told us, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve, just stay home for two weeks to flatten the curve, and then we'll, your freedom will be back. And we're soon realizing you can wear a mask, you can socially distance, you can get vaccinated, you get double vax, you can get booster shotted, and you still don't have your freedom. This is finally dawning on millions of people saying, wait a minute, how long does the government get to shut me down? How long? And the, uh, even the government's effort to try to lie to the people and say, well, you know, it's just the fault of the unvaccinated. Everything be fine except the unvaccinated. The people can see that isn't true because the vaccinated people are getting COVID in higher numbers than the, than the uh, unvaccinated. And you are still told, even though you're vaccinated, 
You still have to wear a mask. You still have to socially distance. You can still get COVID. You can still transmit COVID to other people and you can still die of COVID. Well, if all those things are true, many vaccinated people are saying, well then why are we doing what you're saying? Why can't we have our life back? Why can't we have normalcy back? So Canada is just galvanizing the freedom lovers of the world. That was one story about Jason Kenney. All I want to mention was, so the truckers who have now converged on the border and are, have shut this one passageway. I mean, there are many ways to drive over the border from US to Canada. This is just one. But anyway, these truckers who shut this down, they actually held a meeting to talk about what to do because they're getting pressure or they're getting threats and they're not getting, you know, everything. They're, they are, you know, they need, as they say, need to have food, water brought in, need to have facilities. I mean, you know, it's a, they're really taking an, a difficult stand. And by the way, as you could see from both of those individuals whose little clips I played, it's cold out. I mean, these people, that lady's cheeks, she's got her hood up and a thick jacket, her cheeks are still red, and she's still out there protesting because she sees what the government is doing. She sees the loss of freedom. So anyway, so the truckers have a meeting. They're sitting around having a meeting, trying to decide, you know, do we stay in place? Because right now we're getting threatened. You know, this this uh, Premier Kenny um, is, is threatening us. And, um, you know, maybe we got to give in. What do you guys think? Blah, blah. And so they had a meeting and they voted to remain uh, in protest, to remain blocking the border. But what I sent to Mr. Becker, one last clip to play you is, so they had this meeting, at the end of the meeting, I wanna play what they decided to do. In heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine art the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we, I got to tell you, I love that. Obviously, they're saying the Lord's Prayer. And I want to say a couple things about that. Number one is that there's a real effort by the anti-American left and the, the anti-freedom media in, in Canada and everywhere to depict these people as violent, as angry, as out of control, as a fringe minority. Oh, by the way, I meant to mention Elon Musk had the funniest tweet out where he was, I think it was a tweet or a statement where he basically said, it's really the Canadian government that is the fringe minority. The people are with the truckers. But anyway, I love that because they closed their meeting. They discussed all the pros and cons and should we shut, you know, should we reopen the road or not? They decided to maintain their blockade and they ended with the Lord's Prayer, which I think says a lot about the kind of people they are. They, they are, you know, they are good, moral, Christian men. They are people who just have that kind of yearning passion for freedom. And, and a lot of the belief in the individual's right in freedom comes from your belief in God, comes from the promises of the Bible that say, you know, God made man, God made man free. We are supposed to be free of God-given freedom. It's the same idea in the Declaration of Independence, the very beginning of America, that we have God-given freedom. So I love that close our meeting in prayer. There's another thing which I'll just touch on today before I get to my last topic, but um, there was a piece out uh, by Naomi Wolf, Dr. Naomi Wolf, and I decided I couldn't do it justice today but I want to, I'm trying to reach out and connect with her, but I want to, she's raising the point that you can have all these great discussions uh, about which side is right. And, and you know, is it right to pursue X policy or Y policy? Is it better to do this or that? You know, and she's, you know, she, she's just a, a very deep and, and uh, thoughtful, she's just a really great thinker. And she was basically, her piece was about, and I don't have this linked on her website, but I will next time. Anyway, she had a piece out basically saying, isn't it time for the intellectuals to turn back to God? And I will say, as this whole freedom movement grows around the world, and there is, to be really clear, in case I, you haven't listened to me before, there is a very strong pro-communist, Marxist, socialist rising up of that ideology again in the world. You, we may have thought in America that you know after we had the Cold War, um, after we finally got done in Vietnam and we had the Cold War, that communism had been had been refuted, communism had been beaten. You know, Russia lost the Cold War, so to speak, and that communism was just you know seen for the ugly, oppressive, 
horrible, misery-producing idea that it is. And, and for decades, that was true. Much of the world recognized communism was just, you know, it's an evil, uh, evil ideology that it is supported by and always put in place by people whose primary mission is to be sure they can control every single aspect of your life. That is the point of Marxists and communists and socialists. They believe they know better. They should control your money, control your life, control what you're allowed to do, control everything about you. And that is a better idea than respect for the right of the individual to live in freedom. So there's a massive effort in the world, a, a resurrection of the, the Marxist, socialist, communist movement around the world and they are smarter than to call themselves communists and here in america there's there you know you have a little handful of people in washington who are actually members of the democrat socialist party but the ideology is is broadly embraced in washington by virtually the entire democrat party establishment the ideology of it, the concept of marxism of, of socialism of communism that the real purpose of government is to control people's lives and to and to withdraw as much wealth as you can from the hands of the people who work to earn it and the companies who work to earn it and control wealth in washington and, and redistribute wealth and control the people's movements and the people's education and the people's options and the people's opportunity control everything from washington because they're somehow smarter than the people and they don't want to call that in America, they know it wouldn't fly yet to openly call themselves Marxists or communists, but that's where the American left is. So we have this massive pushing of the ideology of communism, but being met by this uprising of freedom lovers in the world, which just warms my heart, almost you know more than words can say. The idea that in this world there are people like the truckers and the people in America and in Europe who are replicating the truckers' um, actions of standing up and saying, we demand our freedom, you cannot mandate, uh, well, you can't put these mandates in place, we're not going to comply. It's the same thing people standing up in the public schools, recognizing how socialism and Marxism has worked its way into the, uh, into the curricula in the public schools in this country, and frankly, in the private schools in this country. It's worked its way in, and it is part of what is being taught as normal, the principles of it being taught as normal, even though it's not exactly, the, uh, they don't openly say, uh, at least in the high school level, that socialism and Marxism are the answer. I'm getting at this point that we're at a point, we're at a, uh, just a battleground, you know, war between good and evil, war between freedom and tyranny, a war between those who, who believe in God-given rights and God-given identity, and those who believe they can reshape reality and redo reality uh, every generation moving along. So that is where we are, um, and fortunately for us, the good guys are winning. Okay, I, I, wanted, I did a uh, segment I call Reality Therapy, the UPenn Swimmer and the California Sex Offender. I want to quickly talk, touch on this story because it relates to what we're talking about today. But uh, this, um, first of all, there is such a thing as reality therapy. And there actually really is. Um, I, I had a very senior relative who about 10 or 11 years ago was struggling um, with a decline into um, dementia. And so I was asking a, a friend of mine who is a, um, a psychologist, you know, is it better to play along with, you know, if he thinks it's 1960, should I say, oh yeah, it's 1960, or is it better to say, no, actually the year is 2010. I mean, do you deal, is it good to help and respond with what is true? Which got us, I said, you know, I kind of want to engage in reality therapy, to which my friend said, oh, that's a real thing. You might think you're making a joke, but that's a real thing. It's a, it's a branch or avenue of psychiatric treatment, uh, psychological treatment, in which the premise is basically, you got to deal with reality. I mean, there's much more to it than that. I'm not pretending to be a psychologist, psychiatrist, but you don't start by indulging the fantasies of the person who's sitting there telling you it's 1960 or sitting there telling you I'm really a giraffe. I'm getting at this to say that what part of what has happened um, in this subject of gender and gender ideology and all that is that we start off by going along with the pretend, the non-truth the non-reality, what the person believes. So right now we have, uh, as you likely know, um, in uh, at UPenn, there's a swimmer, um, a guy, a male, a, a uh, physiological male, who's been permitted to participate in the um, on the swim team as a woman. So of course, because he's male, he's bigger and he's stronger, he's winning everything, breaking all these records, and he's a male, physically, biologically, 
to the point that he actually is allowed to use the women's uh, locker rooms as a male with full intact uh, male genitalia. And some of the girls on the swim team are saying, he's obviously still got male genitalia and obviously he's still expressed, he still holds interest in women. I'll let you leave, I'll leave that there, let you figure out what she's saying. I'm just telling you, we have gone crazy in this country and, and there's nothing good or kind about indulging somebody like this and saying, okay, because you say you're a female, you're a female. You're not, you're a guy. You have male physique, male you know, organs, and so therefore you're a guy. And we have, we have allowed this left, leftist twisting of, of reality, like instead of reality existing, which it actually does exist, reality exists, and allow the left to indulge in this lunacy of saying no reality is whatever we say it is so we can pretend uh that that you know this guy is really a girl and so he gets to use the girls locker room i mean it's just, it's just insanity and spreading that insanity to the level of true crazy uh in fact actually endangering someone there was a recent case in california in which a young man who was 26 years old was finally convicted for a sexual assault of a 10 year old girl 26 year old guy convicted of an assault on a 10 year old girl, sexual assault. But at the time he committed the assault, he was two weeks shy of turning 18. He was only, so he's still 17. So he got sentenced to the juvenile, juvenile facility because when he committed the crime, he was 17. Only now he identifies as a woman. So he's in the juvenile facility for girls. He's surrounded by the kind of people who he made victims, whom he victimized. This is, and some judge actually sat there and read the facts in the case, knows what this guy did, and thought, hmm, that'd be a really good idea. You know, I'm gonna put this sex offender, um, who's still intact, male, but just now says, hey, my name is, you know, whatever it is. And, and so now they put him in a female detention facility. Understand this, leftism, I don't mean liberals, I mean leftism, the Marxist, socialist, communist left. They are at war with reality. They cannot deal with reality. I want to do two quick plugs about my show and then just gonna tease the last story. We'll have to finish the last story tomorrow. Two plugs to my show. One is that um, if, you're, if you're listening and you cannot see this, if you're just listening on radio or anywhere else, go to my website to check everything out, americacanwetalk.org americacanwetalk.org. Go there, check it out, sign up for the newsletter, join, financially support this show, that'd be all great. Also, we have ways in which you can support this show, uh, which are to consider two ways you can do that. One is that if you want to order anything at MyPillow, MyPillow.com, I'm telling you, my husband and I are in the process of really cleaning out our house right now. We have great products from MyPillow, truly great pillows, bath towels, bathrobes, slippers, sheets, pillowcases, lovely, lovely stuff. If you want to support this show, go to mypillow.com, get up to 66% off your total order and put in the promo code Debbie G, Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, and order that. The other one is H2Bev. I, I love this product, H2Bev. It's a product I use at, at home. If you can put that up, Mr. Becker, I don't know if you have it quickly enough, but anyway, I'll make sure you all see that. Hydro Shot, great drink, go to h2bev.com, use the promo code Debbie G. Okay, we are winding up our time uh, with our radio listeners, so before you zip off, I will tell you radio listeners tomorrow, we have Kendall Qualls in studio, gubernatorial candidate in Minnesota. You will love this guy. Um, and so I'll be back tomorrow and talk to you then. For our, our regular and everybody else listening, I just want to tell you, I'll tease this story and I will get into it tomorrow um, on this show. And that is this. So Arizona, the state of Arizona just resumed their, their um, session, your legislative session. You know, they have different schedules. They just had a break. They just resumed their session. Well, they've now had testimony by a gentleman who's sitting there giving testimony in the Arizona Senate, talking about the abuse in this last election cycle, again, with election fraud proof. There's election fraud, election fraud proof exploding around the country, exploding around the country. This is just one other example, and that was with respect to how military ballots turned up. So military ballots, you send them off to people, you know, if they're serving in America's military, and I'm glad we try to facilitate a way for them to vote. 
but that the ballots get sent back in. They're just Xerox pieces of paper. Xerox pieces of paper. This guy is testifying. Let me tease this and I'll go to why it matters to you. He's testifying that they're an absurd number that look exactly alike and they just show up. No way to tie them to a voter. These just military ballots come flying back in there and so they're counted. So listen to these numbers. In 2016, in the year 2016, they had exactly, of these ballots, approximately 1,600. So in 2016, approximately 1,600 military ballots sent in by mail. In 2020, in 2020, almost 9,600 people. The military ballots, another source of election fraud. Much more on that story, but I gotta go to wrap up on time and tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start out today talking about It's Your Country. Frequent American Attack guest, Rebecca Friedrich, soon to release They Are Your Children, a documentary to wake up parents to their right role and demand that schools not undermine them or go around them. Well, the same principle applies to America and Americans. It's your country. The federal government is not America. No government at any level is America. America is the American people. American people demanding freedom to exercise American constitutional rights is the essence of America. This is the war for the soul of America going on in 2022. Americans everywhere are relearning the meaning and power of freedom. And then we talked about save the children. Schools propagandize kids and fake out parents. The Federalist highlights a national trend. Upscale private, often Christian schools are teaching CRT and lying to parents about it. Embrace of trendy secular intellectualism, wokeism. Uh, CRT 1619 project are what the smart people believe. Seeming loss of confidence in the Bible and Christian principles. Lying to customers, even parents, is never a good strategy. It will eventually destroy these schools. Parents must stand up to and demand to demand an end to the lying by school administrators and then end the teaching of America as systemically racist must happen. And on teachers, excuse me, and truckers and government is a fringe minority. Funniest. Um, tweet by Elon Musk, government is a fringe minority, because that's what Justin Trudeau said the truckers were. A new rallying cry for the entire world, keep on trucking. Canadian truckers are all about demanding freedom. COVID vaccine mandates are just the trigger. Ottawa mayor calls on tow truck companies to remove the big trucks. Answer, we've got COVID. Okay, that's pretty funny. Justin Trudeau seems unable to grasp what's going on. Calling the truckers racist and white nationalists is transparently false to everyone watching. Claiming a majority of Canadians are disgusted by the truckers is transparently false. How much more lying can he do and still stay in office? And on reality therapy, which, you know, it seems like all therapy should be reality therapy, but anyway, UPenn swimmer and the California sex offender, Leah Thomas is a biological male with male genitalia and walks around a women's locker room bothering real women, their words. California biological male, Convicted as a minor for sexual assault of a woman, claims now to be a woman, and is sentenced, okay, sexual assault of a 10-year-old girl, claims now to be a woman, and is sentenced to be imprisoned at a female penitentiary. This is a juvenile place he's at. What could go wrong? Americans must insist on an end to indulging left-wing fantasies and humoring left-wing delusions. Individuality is unique. Biological gender is binary, male and female. And on fraudulent military ballots, I'll just show you, I made a slide for it, but we didn't really get to talking about it. Arizona mail-in ballots in the U.S. military in 2016, 1,600 ballots. In 2020, 9,600 ballots. That's not suspicious, I don't think. I don't know. All in the form of 8 by 11 paper copies, not ballots, no chain of custody records, and 95% of them in favor of Biden from the U.S. military was just, you know, defies reality. That did not happen. And Biden won Arizona, allegedly, by only 10,000 votes. Same kind of election fraud evidence emerging in other swing states. The 2020 election was stolen, and every honest examiner of the evidence knows it. What will Americans demand from their leaders to fix it? And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. 
Tomorrow, Wednesday, we have Kendall Qualls joining us. He is a gubernatorial candidate uh, in the state of Minnesota. And as I'm, if you never listened to my show before, I love Minnesota because we spent all our summers growing up there. I have a lot of family there. I love Minnesota. I'd love to see it back in the R column where I think it belongs. So GOP candidate Kendall Qualls joining us. Thursday, we're probably not having a show. They have a big snow storm coming to Dallas. Um, and my guess, I was going to have fly in. Uh, is not going to do that because of the snowstorm. So probably no show on Thursday, but tune in tomorrow and every day, Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. America, can we talk? truth about America.